I want you to watch this video. This is from Jonathan Cho. This is some good stuff here. I will be voting no on this bill, which is attempt number two by the city's Democratic mayor and city council members to do the bidding of the Chamber of Commerce and empower Republican city attorney Ann Davison to decide when to prosecute and criminalize. The so-called war on drugs was created as a weapon aimed at reestablishing the mythology and stigma of black criminality that has been a core ingredient of the racist narrative in the United States. You voted against me and shut me down. I lost out on generational wealth. And I'm supposed to listen to you? Stop using the black face with this white agenda. That's what you're doing. You're full of shit and you know it. You voted against me and I lost out on millions of dollars. I started cannabis here in this city. Emerald City Collector was the first downtown Seattle dispensary, not Sean Kemp. And you, Voted against that, and you sit up here talking all this bullshit. Now, what about that? And that's real. That's real. I'm a pioneer in this. And she said, I'm using a black face for this white agenda. Vote for this bill and clean up this damn city. I've been here since 1978. Clean up Seattle. Stop all this bullshit and clean it up. Was that specifically targeting Shama Sawant? Yes, it was. She's using a black face, okay, for the white agenda. Shama Sawant has used the black pain to further her socialist. She doesn't care about black people. Councilmember Sawant, would you like to talk about why you voted against the drug bill no. or the allegations? I'm sick of it. She voted against us in 2015. I was established in 2010, licensed, paid taxes, did everything the right way. She voted against us in 2015, a city council. You want this drug bill to pass? Absolutely. We need to clean up Seattle. Stop all this liberal bullshit. Take care, sir. I mean, that guy just, he speaks his mind. And, you know, I can't, I, I can't speak from the, from the black perspective, but everything he says makes absolute sense. It just does. This is the whole nonsense that we have on the Seattle City Council, particularly Shama Sawant. She's just, she's a socialist and she just wants to go down these crazy train roads that don't make any sense. And here we are trying to clean up the city and uh, she's going to vote no. Seattle City Council makes drug use a crime. We have recriminalized it, right? I mean, we've had, we've been through all this decriminalized. Let's see how that goes. Measure 110 down in Portland. Let's see that, how that goes. Now we've got Portland's leadership flying off to Portugal. Ah, measure 110. We, how'd we go so wrong? Everybody's trying to figure out what to do. This is one step to back towards reclaiming some of Seattle streets and areas and entire neighborhoods that have just gone sideways. Because of this whole progressive notion that, ah, you know, decriminalizing drugs, it's all going to be fine until it's not. And until you've got record levels of murder and overdose and just basic insanity trying to fuel this entire drug culture. It's what you got going on. So Seattle's leadership is like, okay, I, I think we got to do something here. Oh, uh, public drug use. Yeah, no go. I'm okay with that. Do we have the police power to, to really enforce it though? I mean, honestly, I think it's a step in the right direction, but is it, is it really going to do much? I you know, guess we'll find out. Public drug use will soon be illegal in the city of Seattle. The Seattle City Council made that decision just before 6 p.m. Monday evening after a contentious meeting. 
This decision aligns Seattle with the rest of the state of Washington. Public drug use can now end in arrest, but there remains a big push to get drug users into treatment. I'm all for that. I, I mean, if if you don't want to go to treatment and if you're using out in the open and the only, only other option is to send you to jail and let everybody else figure it out, all right, I'm okay with that versus not doing anything about it. This decision came after a pretty heated discussion. There are very strong opinions in the Emerald City about whether drug use should be criminalized. Should you throw addicts in jail that are in the that are in the throes of their addiction just because their addiction is, you know, their only thing? I, I, I want to say no. I want to say get them into treatment, right? Get them into treatment. But if you can't involuntarily get them into treatment, and they're not voluntarily willing to go, you got to do something. And to start chipping away at this whole issue, I think jail is a very viable option. In fact, we talked to some recovering drug addicts to get their take. It depends whether the person is ready to quit, said Nikki Carlton. You can't force a person to quit using drugs when they're ready. When they're ready, they're ready. We met Carlton across from the Evergreen Treatment Services, where she gets the methadone that she has kept off, that has kept her off of heroin for the last seven years. But she said it took her 25 long years to get clean. Everyone, she said, gets there when they can. The issue I have with that, that's old school heroin. The drugs that we have now, like the drugs that most likely killed my son, are impacting people. You know, you're not making it 25 years. My kid took a pill that was, you know, supposed to be Xanax that was more than likely laced with fentanyl and I put him down, right? Probably a couple of pills, something like that. Nothing the rest of us can do, right? She said, well, there's stuff we can do, but if you can't involuntarily put somebody in jail, in, in, in treatment, then your options are kind of limited because we're such a permissive society of, well, if you want to do drugs, just keep doing drugs. But you can plant a seed, said the 60 year old recovering addict. They say you can't lead a horse to water, but you can, and, but you can't make them drink, but you can make them thirsty. If you keep putting them there, you can make them thirsty, meaning kind of get them on that road of, all right, all right. Hey, you got to do something. This isn't an option. Can't live this way. This is, this is going to kill you. All right. I know you're in a, not at a point where you can make a rational decision. But here's what I want you to be thinking about. Do those kinds of things. Because, you know, how many conversations did this person's family have with, with her, you know, over the course of 25 years? Years and years and years. And that's not to say that this person won't relapse either, right? That's, odds are very, very high. If you've been using for 25 years, yeah. The debate played out for nearly an hour and a half before the Seattle City Council. I'm testifying against the new war on drugs once again, said Bailey Medillo of Seattle. So if we don't do nothing, then what are we going to do? Asked Larry Marshall, who works near the Seattle Center. Sit here? That's, yes, that's, and that's what you're doing now, right? And you're just watching the city kind of unwind with a whole bunch of people dying from drug overdoses and people literally living strewn throughout the city in these homeless encampments doing their drug thing. I'm rising in stern opposition to ordinance CB, whatever it is, said Alexander Mabin. Our police department doesn't care about the law. Our, I, I don't think that is true. Police department's hands are pretty much tied. They're not going to arrest somebody 
when laws on the books don't really allow for prosecution. And if that's the way you're going to go, then, you know, they're going to focus on other criminal activities because there aren't enough police in Seattle. The bandwidth for police in Seattle is like so many police departments. You don't have the ability to really go after these folks. And this, this to me is kind of one more step. It still needs the mayor's signature, but he's, he's going to sign it. Our police department doesn't appear to be inconvenienced at best by the need to ensure basic public safety. I think the cops are doing the best they can with what they're they're working with, which is limited number of police officers, right? Hey, I'm here to support this bill, said Rudy Pantoya. I think it's very important as a person who works the streets along the Aurora Corridor in North Seattle, as well and is in South Seattle. But when the decision was over, a majority of the city council voted yes, paving a bill, passing a bill that the mayor of Seattle had to had pushed hard for too. Blood on your hands, some shouted after the six to three vote. How is that blood on your hands? Because you're trying to save some lives here. So what, what, what would be the, the whole war on drugs thing? Well, you've literally got people dying by the dozens from fentanyl, right? So this whole war on drugs thing, you got to di- this is a different version of that war, right? This is a different version. This is specific to trying to keep people alive. That was a very strong reaction to the vote. Blood on your hands. Mayor Bruce Harrell sent this statement after the vote. Today's vote by the city council is a needed step forward in our efforts to address the deadly epidemic of fentanyl and other synthetic drugs. Fentanyl is tragically killing thousands in our city and around the country, and we need urgency and innovative solutions to make change. The mayor has 10 days to sign the bill. It goes into effect 30 days after that. This bill, this bill will get it it will get passed. So what does this mean? What 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 implications does this have? Well, I I think there is it's it this is this is kind of one of the first signs of pushback. We are pushing back on this notion of hey, you know, you know, the whole harm production theory. It, it's actually called harm reduction, but I call it harm production because it actually produces harm. So this whole thing is is pushback towards that notion of ah you know what we just believe everybody should have free will and do whatever they want and um you know just you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad it's that kind of attitude that has made seattle so permissive of this drug lifestyle you've got cities up and down the west coast and you got cities in the midwest of america you got you got chicago and you've got the east coast you got philadelphia new york city you got a bunch of addiction you know things going on and they're all being laced with fentanyl and it's it's killing people you know left and right let alone the people it's not killing it's destroying their lives all you got to do is look at any of these accounts on seattle that show you know quick video footage of people using drugs in these homeless encampments. And I I think our attitudes towards the homeless encampments has changed. I think people recognize now, oh, hey, all those tents that are lined up outside my house, those aren't people that are looking to get back on track. Those are people looking to do drugs and to steal from the community and to sell stolen goods and everything else that goes along with it. Just the incredible amounts of garbage I am always shocked at how much garbage an individual homeless encampment 
can produce. It's like it is so disgusting. The when and when they when the government goes to sweep up these homeless encampments, you know, they'll talk about literally thousands and thousands, sometimes into the tons of garbage that is picked up. Normal people don't live that way. Normal people do not live. They don't just, ah, oh, well, here's lunch and then just toss it wherever, you know, just toss it outside their tent. But that's how these folks live because they are wildly addicted to drugs and they can't make, they can't make a decision in their own best interests. And yet, you know, in a society like Seattle, we've got this whole harm reduction concept that, well, if people want to do drugs, they can just do drugs and it'll all work out fine until it doesn't, until they're dead, right? I mean, that's literally what we're talking about. So we've got this pushback now. And again, what 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 will this accomplish? Not much. It's going to take this on top of folks already kind of doing the Lord's work out there you know, you know, dealing with the homeless, dealing with the drug addicts, dealing with the mentally just totally gonzo type type individuals that run these homeless encampments. I do a lot of videos on uh, yesterday. I did a, a a podcast on a young man who's known in the Ballard community for um, for having mental issues. He went into a community park, the Boward Commons Park, and um, which has a long history of homelessness and drug abuse. And he went into this park, took a saw, and you know, cut one of the trees down. I was telling my dad about this this morning, like, and then and then he was just dragging a twenty-five foot tree a couple of blocks down the street through through the streets of Seattle. You know, this is the kind of nutty stuff that you've got going on that we didn't used to have. Because we actually had laws that were abided by, and now we do not have that. So this is this is a little bit of a pushback. This is not this is not the the war on drugs 2.0. This is a tiny little step, meaning that gives a little bit of teeth to to the law and to police officers whether or not the directive will be sent out that they're going to uh, you know arrest people. Are they really going to arrest people and? You know, maybe they will. Maybe they'll go down that road like San Francisco has done, where you look at all the arrests being made. And will that deter people? No, no. But it's one more thing that makes it not quite so easy to get away with this, to, to, to make it so, okay, don't go to Seattle, go to Portland. Go to wherever. Don't go to San Francisco. Don't go to Seattle because you have you heard they've, they've criminalized public use of drugs. Now, one of the major things is is getting people into treatment, right? And the emphasis is going to be on getting people into treatment. But I think what most folks don't realize is with the kind of drugs that are out there on the streets now, I always say this ain't your daddy's heroin. You know, and, and, and I don't mean to make light of that in any way. It's It's brutal reality. The drugs that are out there now are so brutal that one little dose can kill you. Right. So you've got to, you've got to have some pushback to that. And that's what this is. This is a little tiny bit of pushback. This on top of people working the streets already, lots of people out there doing that, but it's just this massive battle because these drugs are so addictive and it's so difficult to get people off. So 
the old, some some of the uh, the technology that's coming out and the use of different medicines. I've been kind of reading up on that. There's a handful of different medicines that can be given to people as they're detoxing from these drugs that'll help them go through the detox process, which is just horrific because these drugs are so strong. The fentanyl that we have now that's lacing both meth and cocaine. Basically, and you know, lacing anything, the strength of that uh, of the fentanyl that we've got is like fifty times stronger than uh, heroin, and a hundred times stronger than what morphine. I think it is. I mean, it's insanely strong. So imagine smoking that for a long, long time, and then you try and come off of it. You know, your body just goes, you know, just literally jump out of your skin for you know few days essentially and who wants to do that nobody so they tend to stay on it so i think those you know those are some of the battles that are out there that are happening does this magically change things overnight in seattle absolutely not does it really change much of anything 30 days from now say say mayor harold turn you know is this gonna he, he signs this into law and um, it's a go. 30 days from now, is Seattle police going to be going out, you know, in just these SWAT team approaches and arresting drug drug addicts using on the street? No, no. But, you know, at least there is something now. If somebody is like, no, I'm just going to keep using here. Well, now you've got it on the books. All right, that's fine. But I can arrest you and I can take you to jail. Is that going to happen? You know, maybe in some cases as a last resort, right? But, you know, I, I don't see that being a huge, a, a huge something moving forward either. But at least this is in the right direction, right? We're not decriminalizing things. It's going in the right direction. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So to me, this is, this is a move in the right direction. Meanwhile, down in Portland, you've got, you know, leaders going to Portugal because they did their measure 110 and decriminalized drugs and, you know, went down that route and they're kind of wondering, okay, yeah, well, we, we did what they did, but Portland doesn't have the resources to get people into treatment. And also when Portugal did that, when they decriminalized drugs, fentanyl wasn't in the picture. And so much of this is reaction to fentanyl because it's killing people left and right. I think last month, San Francisco averaged three fentanyl ODs a day, a day. So that's what you are seeing. And you are seeing thousands and thousands of people die from this. People are recognizing it. People know, okay, but you've got these situations in Seattle, in Portland, in LA, and all these West Coast cities, and you know, in other cities across the nation as well. I always use West Coast because that's where the predominance of this is happening, right? That's where you hear about this stuff. And this is where you've got the massive homeless encampments that basically support this, this whole drug trade, this whole drug lifestyle. I call it drug tourism. Which is, all right, well, if things get a little hot in, you know, San Diego, you move on up to San Francisco and things go sideways. You get, you know, busted and, you know, in San Francisco doing whatever. Well, all right, up to Portland. Somebody starts hammer on you in Portland. Well, let's go up to Seattle. And somehow you're able to get across the border into Vancouver, BC. Those are all hot spots for this kind of thing. You can make a go of it. Homeless and an addict, right? 
right? I mean, it's just, this is just how this goes. So will this, will this solve the drug crisis here in Seattle? Absolutely not. But to me, all right, it's not a step in the, it's not a backward step. It's not a backward step. It's, it's a forward step. It's, I'd, I'd say it's a half step, right? A full step getting a little bit of traction, half step. Well, okay. This in combination with some more legislation down the road, maybe we get a city council that doesn't have knuckleheads like Shama Sawant. I mean, she is, she just spouts some stuff that's just, you know, it, you're like, what? You are, what? You doing what? You talking about what? I love the, uh, Michael Asai at the end. Cut, what did he say? Cut out this liberal bullshit. Cut out the liberal bullshit. It's like, that's what everybody else wants to say, right? But he had a specific reason for saying that. I do remember, and he did make a comment about Sean Kemp. He said, Emerald City Collective was the first uh, weed store in Seattle owned by black ownership, I believe, or it's one of the first. I remember, and he made a comment and he said, it's not Sean Kemp. Right. Because it was, it was, uh, Sean Kemp's a big celebrity here in Seattle. Still is. I mean, even though he's running around Tacoma with a gun, turning, cranking off rounds, trying to get his cell phone back. Um, but you know, push that aside. Emerald City Collective, Michael Asai, he's, he's, he said he's the first one and I believe him. I remember hearing when Sean Kemp, Kemp came out with his store. That there was, uh, I think there was three weed stores under black ownership at that time. So that guy's the real deal. I mean, he's the real deal as far as ownership. And he has a big problem, clearly, with Shama Sawant. She voted basically against him in 2015. He is saying her, her vote was against him and that she doesn't care about black people at all, but uses them from her position of you know, her, whatever her background, her ethnic background is. Um, and so he, he was clearly wildly upset, but I appreciated his viewpoint, cut out the liberal bullshit, clean this city up. And I think this is one tiny little half step in doing just that. I've talked recently about, um, Sarah Nelson on the Seattle city council. She's one of our more moderate. You might say she's reasonable because she is owner of a, of a good sized business. And she goes down a lot of these roads of kind of what the vast majority of folks used to say and think, which was just kind of this, this just reasonable approach to things. But somehow Seattle just went down this crazy train, right? And so did Portland. And so did San Francisco, this crazy progressive liberal train that is impacted by the voice of a very few vocal minorities, because I don't think the vast majority of people are on board with outdoor drug use just open. But I see it. I see it fairly often. I see it here in Bellevue now. If you know where to look, you can see it. I can see it here on Bell Red Road, probably a couple of times a day, not, not a couple of times a day, I personally see it a couple of times a week because you know where to look and you're like, all right, yep, there is a, there's a tiny little torch. All right. There's a lighter. They're lighting up. All right. They're not, they're not smoking a cigar. They're not smoking a cigarette. You know what I mean? 
And so the vast majority of people are not on board with just the rampant open air drug use that Seattle has become known for. So pass this bill, clean the city up, cut out the liberal crap. <laughs> yes, there are voices of reason. And I would say this guy is one of them. Because he's a business owner and he's been around for a long time. He's figured out how to keep his business going. And now he's just basically calling out what he sees is just crazy nonsense. And that's what the far left, you know, spouts. And I think so many people don't really get, all right, how loud that voice is. Well, hopefully moving forward, I think we're going to get a couple more more moderate folks on Seattle City's council, because we've been just, I mean, with people like Shama Sawant, it's just been crazy train. I mean, literally just like, you're doing what? All right. Well, I I live in Bellevue and I, you know, sorry for all you folks in Seattle. You're going to have to put up with that crazy crap because it's just so, you know, it's mental. It, It just yeah, Shamas wants stuff is like, uh, what you, you doing? You're gonna, you're gonna tax Amazon how? And you think they're just gonna lie down and take it? Uh, no. And so, you know, that kind of thing happens on the regular, but we've got these, these ideological folks in Seattle that are just so hell bent on, well, capitalism is awful. And, you know, socialism is, it's always worked before. So it should work this time. So we're just going to, we're just going to keep moving that direction. It's, um, it, you've literally got the blind leading the blind. So I am hoping for Seattle's sake that we can get a couple more folks on the city council because we've got just a slew of positions open. It could really change things. Whether it will, whether the residents of Seattle are ready for that, I don't know. But the fact that we just passed this bill, Seattle City Council just passed this bill, it kind of indicates, oh, hey, now, maybe there is something about allowing just, you know, rampant use of drugs wherever, whenever, willy-nilly, that may not be the best thing for the city. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe that's not the greatest plan, right? Maybe, maybe that's not the, that's the point that we're at right now. And I think that is the point that a lot of citizens in Portland are at right now. I am reading story after story after story about businesses shutting down in Portland. And I'm like at that point where I'm like, I, you know, you want to kick a dead horse. It's like, Oh yeah. And, and so many of them are, they're not outright coming, coming out and saying, Hey, we're shutting the business down because it's no longer safe here and people don't come to our neighborhood. They're not saying that, but they're saying, well, since the pandemic, there's been less and less foot traffic. And that is code for the conditions of the, of those neighborhoods are not, not safe. Not safe at all. I had somebody email me and uh, you know who you are. And uh, you send me a lot of, lot of storylines. And you said, Hey, I had a friend that was going to have a high school reunion in the Lentz neighborhood of, of Portland. And they decided, yeah, they, they didn't want to go to their high school reunion because they didn't want to worry about their car getting broken into or having to deal with some homeless yo-yo you know, lying on their car outside, having to deal with that kind of confrontation. Cause you just don't know with these folks. 
homeless folks on drugs are so volatile. All right. So one small step for Seattle, one giant step for mankind, man, I don't know, but at least this wasn't, you know, going the other way. Yeah. Drugs for all. It's good. Know what I mean? All right. That's all I got for you in this one. Thanks so much for being here. I'll catch up with you in the next one. Bye for now.